Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and we've got another episode for you of the Your Life, Your Term show. But before we get started, a couple quick announcements. Um, over the last few weeks, we put a lot of time in discussing about the middle class in Canada, the middle class's future in Canada, property prices all the way from Toronto um, out east. We have a, a recent blog post on property prices going on the east side of the city from like, you know, Toronto along. Oshawa and Ajax and Whitby and that whole area and on the west side of the city comparing all the property prices and the reason we're doing that is we're really seeing families kind of spread out from Toronto to much farther east and much farther west than we ever have before. And it's really part of this is really the you know the destruction of the middle class where families just cannot afford at all to buy properties where they want to buy them. It's driving the condo market, which is what we're going to be talking uh, today with Andrew Lafleur on the uh, on the podcast here. And it's driving housing markets in areas where um, real estate agents from those communities had never seen people from Toronto arrive before. If you want some of the data and some of the charts where we kind of analyze um, incomes from Stats Canada's uh, st uh, statistics and database against property prices in Toronto, you can go to www.nomoremiddle.com. And uh, so again, that's nomoremiddle.com. And the reason that we feel that's really important is because there is a shift in Canada. Canada used to have a huge middle class. That shift is happening right underneath our feet at this very moment. Um, the last 10 years, it's been rather aggressive. Uh, the next 10 years, it'll be even more aggressive. So if you want some of that data where you were looking at property prices and some charts um, around incomes against property prices and interest rates and rents and that kind of stuff, you can find that at www.nomoremiddle.com. And on today's podcast, um, we really had a great chat with Andrew Le Fleur, he, we uh, we forced him. Well, we didn't force him. I guess he was kind enough to agree as soon as we asked. But we 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 convinced him to drive out to Oakville and uh, sit down with us and chat about the Toronto condo market specifically. Um, we work with a lot of properties all around the Golden Horseshoe, but we don't do a ton with condos in Toronto itself. So it was really an interesting chat where Andrew broke down uh, price per square foot, some of the thresholds um, that maybe we never thought we'd see in the Toronto area, who's buying Toronto condos. Um, at the end of the podcast, we talked about, uh, you know, university for our children and, uh, we gave him a little bit of a hard time because in, uh, digging up some, some research on Andrew before this podcast, I found him with, uh, a picture of him on social media standing next to Phil Kessel. And worst of all, he was wearing a Pittsburgh Penguins jersey. So we kick off starting, uh, with addressing that point and how dare he as a Toronto boy or actually I can't remember if Andrew said he had, was he born in Toronto? I know, I'm forgetting. Maybe we talk about it on the podcast. But anyway, he lives in Toronto now for long enough. That's right. He did talk about not being always a Toronto fan, but now he is, I believe. Um, that, but that how he should be a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Um, and we talk about some Raptor stuff uh, in the podcast as well. Um, so anyway, good time. We had a pleasure chatting with him. Let's kick it off. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are on with Andrew Lafleur. Andrew, am I, is, is Lafleur? Lafleur. 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 Like, is it the same Don't like Guy Lafleur? Guy, just like Guy. Just like Guy. So like you Guy. are Uncle a Habs Guy. fan? I was a Habs fan. Oh, but now you're a Leafs fan. In the early 90s. I'm not really a hockey guy, to be honest. I'm more of a Raptors guy. So Oh, man. I'm sorry. You're not a Leafs fan. Oh, my gosh. And we got to, I'm going to address something right out of the gates here. I look, I went on your Twitter feed to check you out before we had this podcast uh -oh. right now. And there's a picture of you with Phil Kessel, and uh, who is an ex Leaf. So that's positive. But uh, you're wearing a Pittsburgh jersey. I plead ignorance. I plead ignorance. I'm not why, a hockey why, guy. Why? 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 I've been told that this is a cardinal sin. To yeah. Yeah. Appear why with did Phil you put Kessel. a Pittsburgh? No. No. Phil Kessel's a good guy. <laughs> we're, we're we're Phil Kessel fans. But the Pittsburgh jersey on your skin. Yeah. That's yeah. tough. That's tough that's to get on, on your skin. Yeah, that's <laughs> tough. You. You're not not wearing it, it on your skin. It was, it was so, uh, what, what's the deal with the Pittsburgh jersey? Like, well, how did you meet Phil Kessel? Yeah, funny story. I, I was in Pittsburgh last week um, for a special event. Uh, uh, one of the developers took uh, myself and a few other guys down to uh, to a Pittsburgh game um, to just 
wine and dine us, so to speak, and uh, for a new project that's coming up. So it was probably wow. cheaper to fly you to Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh game. Yeah. No, no, game. I don't look at it like that. That was a really nice thing. Andrew's big time in the condo market. Yeah, no, he gets these perks. We don't get any of these perks. No, they throw us a free T-shirt. <laughs> probably because so, we turn them down when we do. They stopped asking. Um, Andrew, so um, Andrew, how did you get started? We're going to ask you about the latest condo data and some rent control stuff and all that fun stuff. But I sure. got to know, how did you get started in real estate? Was that did you segue right out of school into real estate? I don't even know if I know the story. Yeah, um, probably a similar story to a lot of a lot of people. That was um, I went through the process of buying my first place, which was a condo downtown Toronto. This was 2006, and um, in the process of meeting. I knew absolutely nothing about real estate, nothing about, I was always into business, always into entrepreneurship. Um, I, I always sort of knew that I would go down the entrepreneurial path at some point. I just, I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know what it was going to be. Um, and I didn't come from a business family at all. Nobody in my family is in business. So I, I was just always kind of trying to figure things out on my own. Um, and just going through the process of buying my first condo and uh, meeting a lot of really bad real estate agents. Uh, We're going to take a no comment on that. We don't know what you're talking about, Andrew. Um, I, I just, it was kind of the light bulb moment where I was like, you know what? Like, I really enjoy this process of, of studying and understanding real estate and figuring out how it works and doing offers and, and looking at different properties. And, and, you know, why is this property priced like this? This one's priced like that, like locations and, you know, all the intricacies of, of real estate. I started to fall in love with it and the process of, of buying real estate. And also I realized, you know what, there's a lot of really crappy real estate agents out there and I couldn't find a good one. So I said, why don't I just become, you know, the real estate agent that I am looking for. Um, and I think there's probably a lot of other people out there like me who are looking for something like that. And, uh, you know, the rest you is are, history. That's our story. It's so yeah. similar. That's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Very similar. Exact reason we got into it. Um, okay. I wanted uh, the, the condo stuff. Can you give her what's the what's going on in Toronto? What's the latest stuff like price per square foot? Like what what are you seeing in the Toronto condo market right now? Uh, well, it's this tale of two markets, right? Where the condo market is still red hot, and the the low rise market around the GTA is is kind of suffering. So it's this weird, never seen this before. Like it's, it's and how are you defining a low rise? Uh, like detached, semi detached townhomes. You know, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, okay, that type okay. of product, right? Uh, freehold. Okay. Product uh, is Town, townhomes are still popular. Like 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 the townhome market. I don't know in, in Toronto specifically, but in other areas, we're yeah. seeing the townhome market still being very, very active. Is that uh, you know? I don't know in Toronto specifically. Yeah. I don't know if you do much in that in that area. Yeah. D do you know? Well, yeah. I mean, it's basically as you move down the the price ladder, it be, the market becomes more is becoming yeah. more and more. Yeah, a good way to look yeah. at it. Yeah, so yeah, the the cheapest product is is flying off the shelves, yeah. which are condos, and the most expensive product which is detached housing is struggling you know as a general statement across the gta so um you know it's all these mortgage changes and rules and everything that's come into place over the past uh year or so has really benefited you know unlike anything we've ever seen before the condominium market and, and the condominium investor who are you seeing as the buyers of the toronto condo market right now so who are these people still buying toronto condos um, well, right now it's, it's everybody, uh, because it's all you can afford. Uh, whereas, okay. So that's what yeah. I was going to ask. So that's, it is really coming down to affordability. Like, yeah. I'm just wondering, is it, you know, is there this allure to downtown Toronto? Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to live in downtown Toronto or yeah. is it really an affordability thing? I know there's a, a there's pieces of both yeah. of that, but is the affordability thing, the biggest factor driving people into condos? I think it's the biggest thing. Yeah. yeah I think there is, a, I think there is a lot of allure to just yeah, downtown living, commuting times are getting worse and worse. Uh, people are getting married later and later. People are having kids later and later. So there's there's demographic forces that are driving the condo market as well. Um, but uh, it does come down to affordability. And a big piece of that is just the uh, the stress test, right? The the uh, the B20 stress test, which is forced, you know, reduced everybody's ability to buy by approximately 20%. So when you chop off 20% off most people, yeah. In a and Andrew, so you're referring to everybody having to qualify at the posted rate, no matter what your down payment's going to be, that kind of stuff, correct? Right. Which is affecting who can qualify and how much you can qualify for. Yeah. Um, yep. Is it, did I really hear on one of, I think I was listening to one of your podcasts and I, did I hear you say 500 square foot con, uh, condo renting out for 2200 a month? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So that's current. Yeah. Nick, did you know that? 
No, I, I, I don't. I don't square feet that condo. I know we don't yeah. follow the condo market that closely. So five hundred square foot condo renting out for twenty two hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What um, yeah. is this? Is this the other thing that'll blow your mind? Is the le- the level of condo fees? Because I've seen some of the level of condo fees on some of these newer places because they put yep. all these nice features and and these amenities in the buildings which are cool. Yeah, got it. So your condo but fees. But then the condo fees, they the the starting condo fees are high, you know, and I'm just curious, it'll be interesting to see some of these new developments in the future as those increase typically over time and how well they're managed. Yeah. Um what happens in, in in that in that Interesting development over the last uh just very recent couple months. Uh, a, back. a lot of condo fees are going up. In existing buildings um, and a lot of developers building pre-construction are increasing their condo fees before the buildings are even done oh really reason- i thought they were going to just pull back I on all that as a marketing less, less amenities yeah. Yeah. No, yeah no and the reason why is minimum wage oh my gosh you're the minimum right. wage increase yeah, is yeah. So having to, a major impact yeah it's you know what oh, wow so to do everything to maintain everything in yeah, the in the building a, a lot most of the most of the fees is uh two things right wow. utility costs and labor costs. That's most of a condominium fee that you're paying is utility costs and labor costs. Uh, as we all know, utility costs have soared. Oh yeah. Um, thank you, Kathleen Wynn. I had to pull back from saying we're, something. We're, we're, we're like seven <laughs> minutes in. It took them a full seven <laughs> minutes to get there. Okay, we're there. We're there. Yeah. We're there. No, so Let's I busted out. But you know, just on that Gloves note, are off. on that note, uh, my mother-in-law's condo here in Oakville. In, instead of uh, raising condo fees to pay for the guy at the front door, what do you call the guy at the front door who's like the security Concierge. Guy? Concierge, thank you. Yeah. That was a really complicated thing yeah. that I should yeah. know. It's a, a very technical term. term. It's a very technical term. term. Okay. You know? okay. uh, I didn't get that in university, so I'm <laughs> learning that on the streets here. Um, the concierge, instead of um, paying him, or you know, they had the budget. Minimum wage went up, obviously. I guess they were paying him min- minimum wage. I don't know. They just cut his days down. Yeah. So they didn't increase the labor. So now she. So now there's have, someone that there's not used, someone there all the time. It used to be, I believe, four or five days out of the week someone was there. Now it's three days. Right. Oh, or right. if it's, it's uh, 24 hours a day, they some cut it back to 16 exactly, hours. Or eight exactly. Hours. And for her, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, that's a nice feature, yeah. like an older lady to have the concierge there at the front door when she's coming and going. Yeah, to give her a hand with stuff. If she absolutely. Needs it and stuff. Yeah, you yeah, know. For sure. Um, and I don't think that's discussed. These minimum wage changes, the impact, some of the yeah, huge. The and again, yeah, we've we've only we're only like three months into this minimum wage thing, so everybody's still figuring it out. And there's going to be more and more stories like this. But that's just one story from from our industry and our sector is uh, how minimum wage is affecting uh, condo rates. Like one of my units, um, the, the the condo fees have been pretty much flat, you know, give or take inflation for like four or five years. All of a sudden, last two weeks ago, I get a notice they're going up like eight percent, just like that. Mm, uh, one of my one of my clients one of my clients purchased uh, a brand new condo uh, and, and is moving in now. Um, and the the fees were were you know the, the developer sets the fees like three four years ago when they start construction they do the budgets and they estimate the cost of running the building, and now right at the moment of the building is being finished, they're sending a notice to all the all the uh, purchasers are saying because of minimum wage and because of some new uh, taxes and, and regulations and levies and things from the city of Toronto, um, we can't afford to run the building at the cost that we thought it was going to be. And so, you know, your maintenance fees are going up. I think in that case, it was around 10%. I'm not opposed to, to like on this topic for a second, I'm not completely opposed to the, the minimum, you know, having a living wage, giving people better wages. That's all fine for, for me. It's the positioning of it when they announce it, like from from the government. It's like, hey, we're doing this thing because there's these, you know, these, these greedy other people and that, you know, and these other poor people that are being t- taken advantage of. And here I'm the hero by doing this right. and not explaining to people that like, hey, look, at the end of the day, where's the money going to come from? It doesn't account. It's not like the, you know, the government just borrows money endlessly and they just keep taxing us to pay up for all that debt. But at the end of the day, the money's going to come from someplace and it ends up coming from our pocket. So as long as everyone's on board, so the people that are champion, championing, championing, these, yeah, just, championing. I don't think that's a word, no, we're but good. You're good. You know, the good. champions of the cause uh, realize that it's going to come out from all our pockets and it's not just this mystical money that appears from somewhere, yeah. then it's fine with me. I just mm-hmm. think that's not the, 
that's not the norm, right? Yeah, you need a leader who sees the big picture because when you're the recipient of any of these benefits, it all sounds good. Because when I was paying daycare for my two kids, Carol and I, and it was costing us, I think, $1,300 a month, don't quote me on that, something like that, that was equivalent at that time to our mortgage payment. And if yeah. someone stepped in and said, like the Ontario uh, liberals have just said, I think they're campaigning on yeah. this, right? That it's going to be free, free. daycare. Yeah. And I was the benefit of it. You know what? My life's so busy. And I, I hear that. You'll, and I'm like, you'll vote for that. Sure. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm benefit of it. But now that I yeah. kind of maybe a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a big picture. and I Paying a little bit higher taxes. Paying a little bit more in taxes, <laughs> a little bit more absolute dollars going out the door in taxes. Yeah. But I, and I see the big picture. Now I kind of can make a different judgment on that kind of thing. And I know there's no free lunch. So when someone's telling me something is free and I'll, and just to, yeah, if they gave a plan of how they're going to do yeah. it. Right? And you know what? I'll, I'll just say something. I, um, I just picked my lease expired. I'm leasing a new BMW X five. Uh, well, that's I, why you have no complaints about. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got green plates on it. The only reason I got it was for the green plates so that I could drive in the HOV lane. <laughs> that's the only reason I, I told got you it. the sales rep but told me hybrid. Yeah, it's a hybrid. Oh, okay. Yeah, plug-in hybrid. Sale, the sales rep told me that's the hybrid. number one yeah. reason people will get them is to drive in the HOV lanes, which right. I don't blame them. Yeah, right. but the Ontario government has this massive rebate but that, that I barely knew about that is going to give me thousands of dollars. It's like in between seven and 8000 depending on when you buy yeah. the car and this and that, back to me for that car on a 39-month lease. Like, I don't understand why the Ontario government... So I'm going to be the beneficiary of that. Right. I have no concept on why the Ontario government will be paying that on a 39-month lease. Yeah, take, on a luxury car. Yeah. On a yeah. luxury car. Right. <laughs> take those funds and put them put them like, elsewhere, right? I, I don't understand. Right. And 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 yeah, I guess yeah. I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here because am I going to take it? Yeah, it's there. I'm going to take sure. it. But I don't... I feel like a leader needs to have this bigger picture for all of us yeah. and explain, hey, look, we're going to do these things with this in mind. Here's who's going to... Uh, benefit from it. Here's how we're going to suffer a little bit because our our, our provincial deficit is going to go up. It's going to cost the province a little bit more to borrow money mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I, I just don't see those big pictures. Just being about. open to me, it's just being open about it, right? Because look, like look. So if we bring it back to condos and what's happened in the condo market, when they brought in the rent controls last year, it was like, hey, look, hey, look, I'm riding to the rescue again. Here I am on my big white horse, and I'm oh, riding boy. and saving everyone. But I mean, the reality is that you know uh, there's been a, a number of developments now that were supposed to be purpose-built rentals, and they've come out and they are not yeah. going to be rentals. Another one now. last week, another one. Yeah, they started they, quietly. Nobody even knows about this. Nobody, there's really, it's not yeah. in the media at all. Is that the one that went for sale last week? Or? Yeah, there's one that went for sale. Uh, I won't mention the name because yeah. I don't want to make the developer freak out or anything. Sure, but yeah, fair. downtown major downtown condo uh, launched in the past week or so. Uh, with about 450 units and it was a, it was supposed to be a rental building yeah yeah and we know so walk everyone through the thinking from the developer's point of view for those people who don't know aren't familiar yeah. with the rent control and right. so wh- where's the developer coming from when they make that decision well developer saying if i can't increase my rents uh to offset my increasing cost then why am i doing this it's too risky so the developer saying i'm just i'm not gonna i'm gonna get out of the rental uh apartment game and just do what I'm used to, which is just selling condos, which is a, a lower risk. I can just cash out, take the money now, and, and keep going, as opposed to locking myself into this potential albatross uh, of increasing costs uh, that I can only increase rents by, you know, 1.8 percent yeah. a year, or whatever. And it goes back to number. what you were saying. They're, they're they're limiting what they can do as far as increasing rents. But then with, with their energy policies and their labor costs they're doing, they're forcing these other right. costs to increase. Yeah. So then like it, it's, you got to be fair on all, on all sides. So if you're going to do that, yeah. that's fine. But then you got to be fair on the other side and, and let people off. Right. Like costs, if, right? if they had said, okay, everyone in Ontario, especially all you condominium owners, we're going to raise uh, minimum wage. Oh, and by the way, um, everyone's condo fees in the entire province are probably going to go up, you know, five to 10% because of it. You know, people would have a very different reaction. Yeah, right? totally. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny, but they're, they're not so because that lack of inventory is going to create it for the condo market. It's going to be not not bad, but but for the rental market, it's going to be you know it's going to impact them in a great way. I want to break this down a little yeah. bit. So these developers were going to build purpose built rental buildings on their own. Oh, the building's already under construction. It's been okay. under construction. So for where a did the develop? Where was the developer? So they just mind. flipped the switch. I don't know when it happened, but they flipped the switch very recently and said, "Okay, we're." we're this is this was going to be a rental building. It's all financed as a rental building. It's good to go. It's under construction. And at some point, they said, "No, we're we're going to do condo." So they they went to their investors, or their investors came to them, the developer, and said, 
uh, this doesn't make sense anymore. We don't want to do this rental thing. Can you just sell these things off as condos and, and we'll just cash out? Take our money now instead of because it's going to take too long. And, and like you said, we had too much risk. And in today's with, market, yeah. I guess the demand's been strong. You would know that better. Like for those types yeah. of units, the so demand's very strong, easy, Yeah, so. very easy to sell out, sell condos. Yeah, so let's do that. So the developer, just, just for a bigger perspective here, the developer on their own saw an opportunity to build purpose-built built rentals. And because there was a lack of housing for, or a lack of rental offerings in Toronto, is that why they're coming to market? Yeah, I mean, the rental market is, like you said, 500 square feet, 20, 2,200 a month. The rental market, especially downtown Toronto, is is very, very strong. It's, you know, it's vacancy rate so is, they is saw, zero. And, so they see this opportunity. Yeah. They say, we're going to build more rental housing, which the provincial government would like. Now, yeah. um, but they're going to charge fair market rent, whatever the market can you right. know, sustain. Yeah. Correct? But so, then the province comes in and says, no. You can charge fair market rent, rent on day one, but, but after, after day that, one... Yeah, you're, you're at, going you're to be at capped at whatever the rent whatever. controls yeah. are. Yeah, so just to catch everybody up to speed, uh, they got rid of rent control and they, they introduced a rule in, I think, 1998 that said any building built after 1991 in Ontario was not subject to rent control. So uh, after the, the, the term of your um, tenant's lease had expired, you could increase the rent by any amount you wish. The The funny thing is, 80, like I work only with investors in the condo market. And, and uh, so basically all condominiums pretty much were not subject to rent control. So you could increase rents by whatever you wanted up until around this time last year. But the funny thing is about probably 80% of people, investors who own condos, didn't even know that was true. Mm-hmm. They just assumed that rent control applied to them as well. To, yeah, to you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. Wow. Yeah, so I never this, thought about. It. I mean, we knew we knew that most that most of the investors right. we work with didn't so, know. So there we, was there was an artificial kind of cap on rents anyway. Yeah, like I, I would be I would tell investors this all the time. Like one of the great advantages of investing in condos is you can raise the rents by whatever you want. Like if the market goes up, you can go up with it at any time. Um, and people are like, really? I did. I, that was like a major like best kept secret kind of thing for the, for condo. So people were not doing this. Like like the this on mass. There was the odd yeah. bad you know, but there it was just like, takes a couple of those bad stories and yeah. then from the political point of view It was uh some it, some not too smart landlord uh increased the rent, doubled the rent on uh on a CBC journalist. And that's oh, where geez. the whole thing that's oh, where is the, that, that's, that's where the whole thing fell all. apart. Oh, it was it was that. one journalist rent doubled and now the entire province it's, of Ontario how many millions of people oh are we God. and like oh the, my the economic yeah, yeah, impact yeah. of this 12 13 million in, the economic in Ontario, impact like of this from literally million. from one journalist you know never mind and the economic impact today what about the next 10 years it's forever Where like, it, yeah, they're exactly. not going to get rid of rent control I, I hate how, to say the, it but they're not getting rid of it who's the politician that's going to peel that back it's not going to happen. Yeah, they might. They might. Ad- hopefully, they can adjust it. Hopefully, they can say, "Okay, uh, we understand that costs, you know, often go up much higher than inflation. So we're going to have some kind of a uh, inflation plus two percent, or uh, as long as you can show that your costs went up and prove it, then you can increase your rents to, co- you know, something like that." But this whole like only can go up by one eight point eight percent. Well, at the same time, we're raising minimum wage and we're raising energy costs and we're, you know. And we're paying Free for, day so we're, we're paying for yeah, Tom, yeah. Tom's BMW. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're Apparently, everyone's contributing for, for my BMW. Beamer. So uh, thank yeah. you for anyone out there paying taxes. I really appreciate but it. But it. it creates this, it, you know, rent control is just, is just it's been proven like across the world that it doesn't work. Like it's not like this is like just a few of us real estate investors in Ontario who are rallying against it because we're greedy. Like it's a proven concept uh, uh, across the world wherever rent control goes in that it completely mess destroys the market well when you see developers backing out of building purpose-built rental properties it's accomplishing exactly the opposite after the, yeah of after what they're the under construction exact it, opposite yeah exact it, it makes opposite. no sense so for for those you know those uh anyone listening who isn't active in the condo market are families buying like is, is you know is it a young couple with a kid in the, buying a condo two uh, kids or by the time they get to two kids yeah are they I heard moving yeah because I heard there were some of the developers were starting to build larger units as well mm-hmm. to accommodate kind of s- some small families instead of like the single guy or the young couple yeah, yeah the, in the in the resale market the two bedroom units are possibly the hottest you know segment of the market which which is a new thing we've seen in the past year 
So you're getting multiple offers and, and way over asking on two bedroom units, mm. like, you know, asking 600, selling for 700, asking 800, selling for 950, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, more and more families are definitely going into condos, but again, it's more, it's more just because that's all you can afford when you're, you know, the average detached house in Toronto, I think is still, it's come down a bit, but it's still like 1.3, you know? So if you can get a, a, a condo for, you know, 700,000, that's that, a deal. That fits yeah, your family, you know? So the, the new starter home is the two bedroom condo, if you will. If you're, if you're in, because the in the past you were seeing kind of, uh, you know, the demand was on the one bedrooms, bachelors, not the two bedroom. Yeah. The two bedroom market was lagging and, you know, I've been doing this for, for 10 years. So up until the last 18 months or so, like I would generally always tell my investors stick to the smallest units, stick to the one bedrooms, the studios, uh, one bedroom plus dens, maybe. But really, it was stick to the small stuff, and that's where you're always going to do do well. You're going to get the best rents. You're going to get the best cash flow. You're going to get the best uh, uh, appreciation. Um, and the two bedrooms were seen as riskier. Like you might not be able to rent that out. It might take you longer. Um, it might not appreciate as well. But again, over the last 18 months or so, we're seeing a major flip on that. Um, part of it too is just supply. So a lot of a lot of small units were built over the last five years, and not very many developers put all the product towards the small stuff and not not too many two bedrooms were built so there was a, there's been a shortage of two bedroom uh, units and so now we're seeing that play out in the market where where those you know in the resale market where two bedrooms are 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 uh, all selling over asking because there's a, there has not we haven't built enough of them in the past few years it's interesting because when you look at it just to your point about the average price of a single family home if Toronto's over a million right if you take 416 and 905 Toronto and say it's over a million and then if you go drive kind of to the west side of the city I know we have east prices too but I'm going to use the west if you go Mississauga which is going to be about a million uh, then you hit Oakville and it's going to be about a million dollars for a single family home. Then you hit Burlington and it's going to be about a single family home. And then you hit Hamilton Ontario and it's going to be about 550. Right. These are where these communities are really starting to see demand from people that they never saw interest in right. before, right. which is really fascinating to watch. Yeah. Uh, someone on our team, I think it was Mike, on our team was up in Guelph, and uh, this was a few weeks ago now, and one of the real estate agents up there was saying, um, he was putting an offer on the property, and they said, well, you know, we're, we're actually getting about like 10 offers, and uh, Mike just casually asked, like, where are these people coming from? And she said, uh, you're not gonna believe it, but it's, it's all Toronto people. Huh. Putting offers in single, Guelph, Ontario. Is this like a, a multi-family? Or this no, single is, no family a single family home. home for them to live as their family home. Right. Coming right. from Toronto. Right. Looking yeah. to buy a home in Guelph, Ontario. Right. And this lady had been a real estate up there, is a real estate up, uh, agent up there in Guelph for like 10, 15, 20 years or whatever, and never seen anything like this. Right. But people are just going to where they can afford to live. Yeah. Or the, the commutes, to Andrew's yeah. point, then the commute. If you're working in Toronto, how do you go from Guelph, Ontario to Toronto? In any reasonable way, yeah. you know, you don't. So you're looking for some other job. You, yeah, like it's crazy. The dynamics of all this mm -hmm. is just fascinating. But the bigger, and and then the other trend we're seeing is even in the suburbs, you're seeing smaller units being built yep. as well, right? And so Milton, you're seeing like the four-story townhomes. Totally. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 The stacked yeah. towns. Those are those are tough pill to swallow. I don't know. <laughs> it'll be long term. It'll be interesting I, to see what happens. Yeah, That's happening all over Oakville how. here, north of Dundas, right against Dundas on the yeah. north side. I don't know of if we shared if we shared this before. Or not. So Milton's getting his first condo, which is like even out there, they're they're going higher density, right? So they're, they're, they're this has been approved, and I think it's going for sale shortly. Um, the Oakville numbers are Oakville right now is like low sixty percent detached homes. From now until twenty forty one, with the new development. Um, the, the new plan development, the, the percentage of detached homes is going to be, I believe it's down to like 20, low 20s. And then things like the yeah. co condo buildings, those stacked towns and that type of stuff yeah. are going to jump. Townhomes themselves, what they consider townhomes, I don't know if it's condo townhomes or if they're just considering them freehold, whatever. They're, it's it's going up a little bit, but the large majority of the difference is going to be made up from from things which, which they're calling high-rise living. Or you know high rise apartments that type of stuff. Yep. So like the density in all these different surrounding areas is increasing for the same reason. So the same yep. trends that happened in Toronto, once it, like yeah. the other areas are just a little yeah. bit further behind. Yeah, right? yeah, that's a good a great point for investors out there listening. Where is the future of of of? Because you guys deal all across the golden you know the, the horseshoe. Uh, look at what's ha look what happened in Toronto over the last 
15 years and you're going to see the same thing playing out in you know in hamilton in kitchener sure oshawa uh, ajax on the other side wherever yeah wherever these centers are even in the 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 smaller centers like a guelph you're going to see the same trends play out um so it's yeah it's interesting it's like we can use toronto as a forecasting tool that's great we can just tell andrew hey andrew what are you seeing Right. And then we well, can take is, advantages yeah. of his yeah. knowledge selfishly for ourselves. Well, you know what? Just like business trends, <laughs> we often go down to like to different conferences in the U.S. and you see what other business yeah. owners are doing down there. And then you see in some local businesses, it's very rarely seen. Whereas down it, down there, it's the norm. We've often laughed. I mean, how many times do we joke when we go to California that you could basically just go to California, see what the latest trend is, and then start the business back here? You yeah. know, uh, if you're if you're quick to market, whether it's clothing, food, whatever, some it is. sort of nutritional yeah. Yeah, yeah. fitness yeah. thing. You know, they're all about that type of stuff, and you just right. see what's working there. You bring it back, and, and there's your opportunity, right? Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, a lot of the people in those local markets, they, you know, they they don't. It's like they don't believe in their hometown as much as people outside their hometown sort of believe in it. You guys yeah, probably you probably see this all the time because you work with investors in the GTA that are investing all over Ontario. Everywhere. Stuff, right. So it's like the locals are like, who are these guys coming buying. from Toronto buying this property? It doesn't make any sense. We often will <laughs> see people who live in Milton saying, I heard Durham is the place to invest. So they're going from right. Milton to Durham. Right. Instead of going in a community right next to them. I and, and yeah, it's the forest for the trees kind of thing. Yeah. But I think all of us in Toronto as a whole, even Toronto proper, yeah. and, and and all of us around the whole Golden Horseshoe suffer a little bit about that uh, uh, around that, especially if you're born here. You don't realize what kind yeah. of destination place Toronto is. Yes. You know, I, I constantly challenge it. And the growth. The growth. You guys talk about it all the time. I talk about it all the time. But just people don't understand it. They, they take it for granted. They don't understand it's not normal. If you look at North yeah, America, it's a, not normal for a region to grow by 100,000 people a year. Yeah. Like, we are extremely abnormal and in that we, sense. Just, just from immigration. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I don't know where birth rates are and how that plays into it and yeah. stuff like that as well. But, but yeah, like it's, it's, you're absolutely right. And that's where I can have some sympathy for the provincial government where they are forcing communities like Oakville to do more dense housing. That's right. where these four-story towns are coming from and that kind of stuff because the provincial government's saying to places like Oakville, hey, you can't all just have single-family homes all over this place. Spreading how, forever and forever. Yeah, for, yeah. Spreading forever. How are we going to do the infrastructure on this thing? So yeah. I can kind of see where it's coming from. It's just the implementation of some of this stuff right. is a little, a little scary. Yeah, it's kind of like we are, yeah, from a provincial and policy standpoint, like the, like we are the, the leaders. Like we don't have another model to follow. It's not like we can say, oh, well, what's, uh, what's Chicago doing? What's... Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, totally. What's LA Atlanta doing? doing yeah, yeah. You know, Atlanta. They're not yeah, doing yeah. anything because they're barely growing. Like yeah. they're growing a little bit, mm-hmm. but like if you look at how much the GTA is growing. Uh, look, if you go on the, if you you know had driven around the GTA on the QEW or the 401 at like two o'clock in the afternoon five years ago compared to today, today, do you yeah. remember when rush hour traffic used to be from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m.? Like growing up, that's what I learned rush yeah. hour was, right? <laughs> yeah. Rush hour traffic now, now starts at 1:30. Yeah, I was going to say like yeah. it's, it's crazy. Yeah, right? oh. at 2:30 it's already bumper to bumper on the yeah. QEW going. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's just it's a different. So it's very easy to see. The, just just with your with own your eyes, eyes what you know just the dense the, yeah. the density of people that's yeah changed. uh like i mean again you guys know this because you you do tons of work out you know hamilton niagara you know this part of the world uh but for me like a, a couple years ago and i an eye-opening moment for me was i had i had to catch a flight out of like niagara falls uh, or buffalo or something and so I was driving, I ended up driving for whatever reason during like the rush hour time from oh. Toronto to like Niagara Falls. Oh, wow. And that was like a major eye-opening moment for me because it was like bumper to bumper from Toronto to like... Grimsby? Like Grimsby. Yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah. what wow. is going on? Yeah. How yeah. many people like, live on this Because in my way? head I was like, okay, once I get past Mississauga, I'm You're good. free. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking like, you know... That's what somebody told me in 1998 or something, you know, you're you're good. And I'm like, it is like bumper to bumper. And it wasn't like bad weather. There's no accidents or anything. Yeah, just Uh, pure traffic. And yeah, and I, it kind of inspired me. I recorded a podcast right after that as well, just to, because like, you know, this is like a, this, this is a very interesting thing. What's happening here is, you know, clearly people are commuting to Toronto from as far away as, as Grimsby or beyond. So if that's happening today and we're adding another million people to this region in the next 10 years, 
and the go and the go train like the increased frequency of the go train which is which is planned and the infrastructure is in place they just got to increase the train so i think that the yep. chances of it happening are pretty good because yep. i always i always question any public transit you know announcements because they're gonna they're gonna like finish the the project like 10, 10 years down the road i'm like this is you know 25 percent chance of actually happening mm-hmm. Um, once that happens, there'll likely be more growth. Like wherever that happens, I'm not talking about West GTA. Wherever that happens and stuff, there's just going to likely be more growth. Again, back to the affordability issues, right? Yep. Where do you yep. see downtown Toronto, the Toronto condo market going in the next ten years? Like, are are we reaching capacity and just the land available to build on in the kind of the downtown yeah, core? One, like, did you I, you must have seen that announcement, right? Because recently, one the the city of Toronto came out and put a hold on one project. Or recommended holding off on it, like Young and Eglinton area, it was in the Star because they said the infra, the sewer and water infrastructure they were concerned didn't have yeah. enough capacity for two more. I think it was a two more high rises. Right. I'm not sure the specific one, but yeah, I mean that's it, infrastructure, sewage, you know, all that stuff. It, it, water. It's it's definitely a major issue. But um, in terms of where do I see things going, it's it, I only see it intensifying even more. Um, but the cost of building is getting higher and higher as the city becomes more dense. The just the sheer construction cost of building because you're not building anymore on just empty parking lots with nothing beneath them, where you just rip out the asphalt and and it's just yeah, dirt. And you're it. good you're, to go. You like, have to get strategic. The sites now. are becoming more cha- more and more challenging for developers to build on. You're you're wrapping around buildings. You're going in you know back corners and it's a weird shape and there's just uh, you know shutting down uh, uh, the the. Uh, one lane of the street for all your construction equipment and stuff and, and the city's you know charging you astronomical fees for things like that like there's there's a lot of inflationary pressures on pricing mm. um i chatted with brad lamb recently and, and he was breaking down okay if, if you're a developer and you're buying a, a prime site in downtown toronto today um to build a high-rise condominium on it you're looking at he broke down the cost you're looking at about a thousand dollars per square foot is just your cost to wow. build. Wow. When you when you include the land and, and all the bit he broke down all the bits and pieces, you're at about a thousand dollars a square foot. So you have to that means you have to charge about twelve hundred dollars a square foot just to have a, a healthy enough margin to get financing from a bank to allow you to build it. Um, so that's so like twelve hundred dollars a square foot is like the the floor right now for prime downtown Toronto new projects moving forward. City of Toronto announcing just in the past uh, few weeks that they're doubling, basically doubling uh, development levies as well. Um, so that's again a massive new added, more added cost to to building these things. So, so when you do the math on a five hundred square foot unit at twelve hundred dollars, it's six hundred thousand dollars. Yep. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that's a big shift. I remember going downtown when the ones where City Place first started being built. Because I remember walking by and looking oh, at the yeah. big holes in the ground. Remember, remember the, the golf course? Yeah, Remember the golf right. course? Yeah. That, forgot about before. the golf course. I yeah. did forget about the golf yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Totally. It was a golf course yeah. for a while. Yeah. That was, like, like, there was a golf in course Toronto. in downtown Toronto 20 years ago. I had friends that were living there, and I used to go. I didn't go understand and, why people started living there. I'm like, why are you living here? I never. I, I have to admit, I was late to figuring that out. I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah, what are you doing? You here? know why? Because at that <laughs> at that time when we were investing, I didn't. Guys, there's detached houses yeah, like, over yeah, here in Oakville. You know, uh, They're like two hundred thousand. At that time, we were yeah, we were like on Hamilton. You could buy this thing for like a hundred and ninety five thousand dollars, right. right? So we but were you just know what? Like, because at that time we weren't looking at. We didn't understand yet the economic trends and, and, and the population condos. trends. Like we yeah. didn't understand to look at all those different factors. Mm-hmm. So we just really didn't have the information available to us to what feel to make what we felt was an educated decision. You yeah. know, and we never looked into it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, knowing the pieces of information we have now, if, if I had, if I saw the data set, because I, I look back now at the same data set we look at now for certain things, right. and I look back at kind of what it was then, and I was like, holy cow, I really missed, yeah. I really, really missed the boat right. on that one. Because where all the numbers were, yeah. it was screaming that something like this was a, a real possibility. Yeah, right? I mean, to give you an idea, I think the first buildings, this was before my time, but the first buildings in City Place, uh, I believe, were selling around 2002-ish. And I think they were around uh, just just under $200 a square foot. Yeah, we don't wow. really need to talk about yeah. that with anyone. <laughs> That's very insulting. And now it's That's, 1200 yeah, yeah, They yeah. just, yeah, they City Place, they just released their last buildings a few months ago, tw- like 1200 1300 a square foot. Yeah, that's Across a, the street from the ones that were 200 bucks a square foot. We And to your point, is there's been no precedent for this. So that's part of the reason we couldn't figure this out. 
What There's is, been no city kind of like this. I mean, New York kind of had their build out moment how many years ago? So we couldn't yeah. really use that as a very good template. So we had no template to say, oh my gosh, look at all this immigration. Look what's happening to this city and to use. Toronto, Andrew, yeah. to your point earlier, is kind of setting the bar now on how right. a city builds out. And But but the point is- In to, the Western to, world, yeah. Totally. So it's, point, it's, it's in, in Asia and stuff, this is very common, com- but it's com- you can't compare. Because, you can't compare. You, know, you can pay people six bucks an hour in Asia and, you know. Yeah, exactly. They don't have a, all this like a million rules and building code things and and all I think this the toughest tape. thing for an investor to get over right now, especially if you've been in the market for five years or you were one of the early city place uh, buyers and you want to expand your portfolio, you can't get over where the prices are today. But what we where we challenge everyone is map out the next ten years. Mm-hmm. Where I don't see immigration stopping in Canada. Like right. I don't see us not being a continued right. good destination. Well, they just announced it's going to increase. Exactly. Like that's another big thing. Like everybody's got to wake up. Like yeah, exactly. People so are you don't people are wringing now. their hands like it's so expensive. Like how what's going on? Yeah, it's you know just if you just take one factor of immigration alone and how much they're going to increase it. But look, in yeah. 2002, people were wringing their hands thinking it's so expensive too. Like, yeah. like the hard thing, and it's hard, right? Because it's an emotion. It's emotional, but you have to have the foresight to have the hindsight. Like you, you gotta be. Wait, say that again. You gotta. I gotta write that down. No, but you gotta be able to look. You gotta be able to look forward, right? Like, and it's it's tough because yeah, everything. I mean, even to me, everything seems expensive now. But you know, and 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 to be clear, we'll say this all the time because I just don't want people to misinterpret what we're all saying. Is it's it's not going to be a straight line. Like there will be kind oh, of totally. fluctuations yeah, in the market. Yeah, yeah. It's not you know it's it's not mm-hmm. going to be. But but if you look at those trends, I'm curious what you think about this. Um, what do you think about the Manhattanization, what people will call the Manhattanization of Toronto? So what we mean by that for everyone, I know you understand this, but yeah. is that the green belt is wraps around Toronto on the north side, on the south side is the lake. Right. We already have development on the east and west. So there, you know, a lot of people look like, look, there's limited places you can develop because of this green belt stuff. Like what, I don't know, in, in yeah. your world and the developers you've spoken with and stuff like that, like what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a real thing. Um, you know, uh, we're, the problem is people, when they hear that, they think we are Manhattan or we're the same as Manhattan. We're not, but it, the same kind of forces apply. Like you said, the green belt and the lake and, and the, but I think a bigger thing is just the policy. Like you said, like uh, developers, if they could, they would just keep building single family homes. They're very cheap and easy to build. Sure. Cookie uh, cutter. Very yeah. easy to sell, you know, but it's more so the, the like you said, the, the mandates from the province are saying we don't want you to do that anymore. We, we, they're kind of slowly more and more and more, you know, getting rid of detached housing um, and forcing developers to build up and forcing them to build four story townhomes. Probably we'll probably see a five story townhome eventually. Uh, believe yeah, it or not, yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll figure yeah, out a way to yeah, you know, yeah. some kind of elevator technology yeah, yeah. that there hasn't are been some invented yet. In or Oakville something. here with elevators, but they're just really expensive townhomes with right. elevators. <laughs> it's an expensive toy, <laughs> unnecessary yeah, yeah, yeah. toy. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's happening. It's real. Um, you know, like we busted through the $1,000 a square foot. That was always like, you know, yeah, that was, look, can, can, you know, condos in New York are a thousand dollars a square foot. That was like when I was starting, that was a thousand dollars per square foot was this mythical number that we could never actually achieve. But, you know, it was just out there as cities like New York had that number. Uh, and we just, we just went from like $800 a square foot to like $1,200 a square foot with like, you know, in a blink of an eye, it seems. Do you so. see any dev- any of the Toronto developers? I know Brad Lamb's doing one in Hamilton. Anyone doing condo? Are you seeing some of them start to spread out a little bit or still yeah. concentrated mostly in Toronto? Big time. I think that's another major trend that's coming. Um, I am, you know, definitely a, a big part of what I'm doing right now is is doing my due diligence on other markets such as Hamilton, such as Kitchener. Uh, because I, like we talked about what the trend that we saw in downtown Toronto, I think is, is going to replicate itself over the next decade in, in cities like that. Um, so yeah, I big talk about Hamilton specifically, big, big developers from Toronto are very actively looking at sites in Hamilton right now. They're, they're quietly picking up sites in Hamilton, uh, under the radar and sort of land banking those and getting them ready for, for coming to the market in the next couple of years. Um, you guys heard of the pier eight. Thing is in that Hamilton. the big new project? Waterfront yeah, Hamilton. Yeah, 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 I have. Yeah. I don't know much about it, though. Yeah, pure, you... it's a major piece of the Hamilton waterfront. They're going to do a revitalization. Uh, so they're talking about like... I feel like they've been doing that in Hamilton forever. But yes, tell yeah. us about this. <laughs> so it's... Uh, yeah, they're they're getting closer. They're, they've taken... Uh, they've, they've gotten a short list of developers. Um, there's four or five of them who are on the short list of... Uh, 
who are going to potentially get the the rights to build this thing. Uh, we're talking around 10, 11 condo buildings, uh, around 1,600 units or so. So kind of a low-rise, mid-rise type of a community, but like a, a small city, really. Yeah, so hundreds of millions. We're talking a mega project here. It's got Bil- over a billion. billion. Over yeah, a billion yeah, yeah. of investment. Uh, what's most interesting to me is all the people on the short list are major Toronto, Toronto developers. Builders. Big brand yeah, name, the Tridel, Great Golf. Um, Daniels, you know, the, the big boys of Toronto are, what, are there's well, nobody what, else. There's no, there's no Hamilton developer. There's sure. no, yeah. it's all the big boys of Toronto. Well, they probably see more op- margin, more opportunity, and they might see less for a tape. There might even be some incentives to, from, you know, I, and I don't know what's going on t- to get it going. Right. Well, I because think it's, it's yeah, it's that, them. but it's also just the, it's the, where we are in the market cycle, where the, the market maturity of Hamilton has, has got to that point. Yeah. Um, another interesting point about Hamilton is, uh, uh, you guys know Skyline REIT. Yeah, you heard of Skyline yeah. REIT. I don't. Man, I don't know who they are, but I just know that this big, big REIT. They, they buy apartment buildings and that, right? Um, so they just, I think about six months ago, they sold off their whole Hamilton portfolio. I don't know if you caught that. No, no. I didn't catch yeah. that. No, we like, know that we like, had them at one of our events yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. So, but I didn't catch that. Two hundred million, uh, and if you, you know, why did they sell it off? They say because. They Toronto. focus. They focus on B markets, and Hamilton is not one anymore. Oh wow, very they're interesting. Very, so they're taking cool. their money out of Hamilton and putting it in smaller, less mature markets because they they feel like Hamilton has yeah has sort of matured, peaked it, out it's on work, that, what they're specifically doing. Yeah. I kind of feel happy for Hamilton. I'm not from <laughs> Hamilton. I kind of feel like Hamilton's been kicked around a lot. This is good news for Hamilton. That's great news for Hamilton. Yeah. It's great news for Hamilton. And Hamilton's an amazing city. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're from Toronto and you've never been out there. Well, yeah, because all, all, we all the people... Yeah, you're right. But when, a lot of people from Toronto, all they, they drive along the QEW and they see when they cross the bridge, all the they see... Smokestacks. Yeah. Smokestacks. And I mean, I can see why that... What you would be like, well, I'm never living... Well, my yeah. son's like, why is that thing on fire over there? Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, it Flame. reminds me yeah. of... You know Lord of the Rings? Uh, Helm's Mordor. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of, yeah. Oh, man. It is a bad But when you go into the other areas... billboards and just try to cover that up, man. Like 500 feet high put the magic kingdom on there like disney world images or something and just try to hide that whole scene from well, you know what, when, listen, from yeah. when i started investing one of my fir- the very first student property i bought was there it was one of my early properties and when i was going out there we were doing the the guy that i bought it with we were doing a lot of renovations we were going out there every week lived grew up in the east side of mississauga mississauga etobicoke border right and um so from there my friends were like why are you going to Hamilton? like what is in hamilton yeah. that you're going to there and Something's wrong with you. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, yeah. and to me, I was like, I don't know. We bought this place like, for really cheap. I'm going to be rent- be able to rent it out for a lot. So that's all I understood, you yeah. know. But uh, but when we started doing the student rental stuff out there, we kind of accepted Hamilton for the McMaster student rental element. But then when we started doing like regular rentals. Right. And at one point, Andrew, Nick and I were talking to each other and we thought, oh, my gosh, we can't really find anything around Mississauga, Oakville. We got to try to go out. And, and one day. Nick said, okay, I'll go to Burlington. There's this place called Burlington, <laughs> which we had never really explored. <laughs> I'll che- yeah, I'll check out Burlington. And I said, okay, I'll check out this thing called the Hamilton Mountain. I go, Nick, is there a yeah. mountain? Is, ma- is that that thing behind the student rentals that we see? It's like a little escarpment. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that's the mountain. I said, okay, I'll go out there. And I remember calling Nick. Remember about half an hour in thinking, yeah. oh, my gosh. There's really nice houses up here, right. and there's parks, <laughs> and there's shopping malls. Right. It's a, actually a yeah. really beautiful area. Right. That, but it was like an eye out for two two kind of brothers from Mississauga. Yeah. We grew up on the Etobicoke border, yeah. so we always went to Toronto for. Yeah, reason. you always go east. East, yeah. you never yeah. go so west. So when we found no. the Hamilton Mountain, it was like. 30 minutes away and it was like a wonderland of investment opportunities you yeah. know so, I went to school yeah. at Sheridan College in Oakville I literally thought that was the ed- when I was in school I thought that was the edge of the earth yeah. I'm like who would live out in Oakville that is like so far right. farm co- like yeah. you said farm country yeah well I grew up on the east side of the city like I grew up in, in Whitby mostly so oh, wow. I was born so in Scarborough so like for me yeah Hamilton is like Hamilton, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamilton is like Vancouver but like, you've it seen it way but, west but like, you've seen it on the other side right because you would always go well, look at Whitby, you know, into Toronto Ajax. and look at that whole strip along the 401 of what's happened since since you were a kid. I mean, it's just it's yeah. exploded. And not even there along the 401, what's happening north of there? Because I had someone a, a, a number of years ago, a friend that moved to Brooklyn. They said they moved to Brooklyn. I was like, you're moving to Brooklyn? 
and they said, no, Brooklyn, Ontario. I'm like, right, there yeah. is a Brooklyn, Ontario. <laughs> yeah. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. But but now with the 407 extension, and you know, yeah. and it was happening before that, but just if you've seen what's happening, so north of like, you know, that that, that stretch along the 401 and the north of the Pickering and stuff like that, it, it, all those areas are growing too because they're turning into the, on the east side of the city, they were the bedroom communities totally. for, for Ajax, Toronto. Just the same way Mississauga has started. been exploding in population for years. Yeah. Yep. Same thing out there. We, we know investors who were buying all in there. Now they're going to Peterborough. Yeah. Well, what's different though, what makes Hamilton unique is it's its its own city. Self-sustaining. It is a, it is a real yeah. city. It has its own and economy. Same with, it has K, same with the KWC. History, the bones. Yeah. Uh, you know, the transportation. That's, that's why the artists and the chefs and the totally. the cool kids are are going yeah. from Toronto to Hamilton. And that'll be interesting. Yeah, good point. You know, to your development, the development project that you were just discussing, when you bring that many, that much new housing right into a Hamilton core like that, it'll be interesting to see over the next few years the economic impact of that in Hamilton because it does have the infrastructure of a city. Yeah. So what's going to happen? Like we're, we're Hamilton's likely going to get even more jobs. Going to have more people, yep. more jobs out there. Now you're going to see people living in St. Catharines commuting to Hamilton. Yeah. Well, you're already seeing which, it because of because well, of affordability. And I know we're already right? we're already seeing that today. Yep. But that's going to be like a yeah. norm where yeah. someone's living in Niagara commuting to Ham- Hamilton. Yeah. Well, I see. I mean, I look. At, I just look at. The I zoom out on, on Ontario and I look at the, the GO train uh, map and the future expansion of the GO train down to Niagara and I make a very quick observation that Hamilton is now the center of the line, mm-hmm. right? Hamilton used to be the end of the line. Soon it will be the center of the line. I never looked That's at it that way. Right? That's a good way yeah. So people yeah. can come from two directions into Hamilton. It, it yeah. makes perfect sense for that. You know yeah. that, uh, and when you think of it that way too, to, even to if you look benefit. at Kitchener, Cambridge, Waterloo, and Bran- they're kind and, of a spoke out from and, Hamilton, and Brantford, and Brantford. So that, Hamilton's those actually three becoming the make core. this nice triangle because Brantford's got some industry as well, and Kitchener, Cambridge, Waterloo has a lot, and they have another yep. university. At one point, the University of Waterloo spent more money on research than any any other university in Canada. I don't know if that still holds true today, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's a very healthy university that's doing that stuff and attraction. So if you take the three of those and yep. and, and all of them combined, it creates a, a, a little, little epicenter. You yeah, know, this stuff. Western Ontario kind yeah. of economy. There, It'll yeah. be uh, interesting. Do you know price per square footage on brand new? There's so not a lot of inventory in Hamilton, but do you know what stuff's selling for in Hamilton right we now? The, the, that last yeah, I one, but I, I mean, it's, it. Andrew, it's about half price. You know, it's it's that's the beauty of it. It's half the price of Toronto. You know, if Toronto is twelve hundred bucks a square foot, it's you know six hundred bucks or less. And rents, but rents in, probably in aren't Hamilton, half. But I'd the imagine. rents are not half. Yeah, exactly. the rents are what two exactly. thirds, seventy five percent. You think two thirds? Yeah, I, I think from what I've seen, they're about seventy percent. Yeah, yeah. That's roughly. Sounds, sounds right. And I yeah. think that's the opportunity. So what we just discussed right here is the opportunity that a lot of people will miss. They'll look at Hamilton if they f- are from that area and say, "Oh, opportunity's done," and they won't see the next right. wave of opportunity. Yeah. You know, and I think that's very, you need to be very aware as an of investor that you don't blind yourself to current opportunity based on your past bias of, oh, my God, I'm not going to buy a condo in Hamilton mm-hmm. for two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars because I used to buy a fully detached house right. for that much. Right. And I think people will just miss yet the next opportunity. Right. right? Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, Andrew. So uh, I think we covered most of our bases that I they had for you here. Um, I'm still. I see my little note about Phil Kessel, and uh, you, you're gonna have to charge. You're gonna have to charge. You're, you're gonna have to start cheering for the. Well, we can talk about the. To, no, we can talk about the Raptors. Talk, well, yeah, no, sure, the Raptors sure. are a big deal. The Ra- Tor- Toronto FC is a big deal. Valanciunas had a big night. Yeah, right. No, I, I, he, he had a can big, they get past LeBron? That's it's what it the, is. That, it's not even it's, Cleveland. It's LeBron. Can they get past yeah, LeBron? That's what it is. And they exercise the demon because they are the is real it, deal. Is, uh, is, are the Cavaliers going to end up in fourth? Like, are we facing they're Cleveland close. in the second it's round? Uh, potential. It looks like they're, they they, they still may not, but they're about half game behind third, so it could definitely happen. I hope we get them in the conference final. Yeah, I hope we don't get them in the second round just for the. Yeah. Anti- I mean, it, it would be funny if they beat Cleveland in like the second round and oh, then, then they lost in the third yeah. round. Um, to not, not funny. Not <laughs> the euphoria <laughs> of beating Cleveland and they just yeah. can't. But go. that might I, that might just be the success that we need just to feel good. Okay, we beat LeBron. Doesn't matter. Yeah, even we, if we did lose. everyone. In well, that guy just takes teams to the finals. Like it does almost. Yeah. You know, it's all he does. you give him a half decent surrounding cast and they're going to the finals. It's like, insane. It, it, it the is. guy he's never been injured his yeah. whole life. Yeah. He's it's built insane. like a tr- like if you he is built like a truck. I would just drive to the net. Every single time. It's insane. I mean, yeah. when he was like in high school, when he was like 16, he looked like he was like, you know, 29 at the peak of his like powers. If he <laughs> wasn't such a crybaby, I'd, I'd, def- I'd definitely have more, more respect for him. Like, like compared to some of the other great players, to me, he just seems to whine a lot more. But that's just, you know, maybe it's my, my bias. You're old school. 
you know yeah suck it up <laughs> you know what you, you but he gets calls so it works oh I, I heard, no comment I, on that I, one. I, I had I heard, I heard some of the people living in condos in Liberty Village area are really pissed off right now with TFC because TFC all the parting that goes on and stuff and right. they're through the streets. I saw an article recently yeah. that they're upset with that, and I thought the only way to solve that is for those people to move because we need <laughs> TFC to be doing what it's doing. <laughs> we needed a championship in Toronto, and they brought yeah, yeah, one. Brought yeah. it, right? Yeah. So, Congrats. I know. You guys, a lot I know. Of you guys have been fans oh, for a man, long time. We've seen. I, I'll never forget taking. How was uh, that? Taking my son. Were you? To, at the, were you? Was it? Was oh, it in Toronto? It was here. It was. Yeah. 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 And they were lost in Toronto and the year before. before. Yeah. yeah. Were we there? Of course okay. we were there. We okay, were there. Good, we good, live good. and die. It was. Okay. It was something. Um, that, it, was, you, it was. It was. Epic. Some. Did it you was weep tears of, of joy? We we hung out there. <laughs> we hung out there for a yeah, long yeah, time yeah, yeah, afterwards because yeah, okay. we're like we don't know if Toronto will ever see another championship, so we have to take this all every last. Moment, of literally it shaking my fifteen-year-old son. This is history. <laughs> yeah. You're watching history. Right, right. You right. might be telling your children about this day. <laughs> so it's been a long time for Toronto to see something like that. Oh, I think, oh so. so it was a great yeah. game. And now uh, ninety-three Jays. Yeah, that was pretty epic. That Are was you, fun. You I remember when they won. Were you too young to remember that? No, no, I. I, I, I was there. Yeah. I was at Young and yeah. Dundas getting crushed by the crowds. I went downtown oh, too. Nice. I was, I was nice. too young to be down there, but I went down there and I, I probably shouldn't have been because yeah. the same thing happened to me. And I just, I was just. You guys weren't together? No, you different went separately? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, we're five years apart at that oh, point. Five, if I okay. was like, how yeah. old would I have been? He wouldn't hang out with yeah. me and his oh, friends okay, at that time. Okay. I was probably like seven. No, I was well, probably 20 and you yeah. were 15. So I was 15. Different worlds. Right. You know, that was a different thing. I was a really nice person to. But uh, there was something uh, before we do wrap up. I want to talk a little bit just about uh, what we were talking about earlier. Is uh, university? You have four. Is it all four boys? Did you say? I have uh, four kids: girl and three boys. Girl and three boys. Yeah. Um, do you know how much university is going to mm-hmm. cost for you? <laughs> you cost be, me like three you, condos. It's gonna yeah yeah yeah. yeah exactly. When you price so it like that, good, yeah, 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 you're good. Actually, you know, when you put it in that perspective, it, it's good. So. Yeah. Um, what do you think you're going to, you, they're, they're young, yeah. but what do you think? Cause you know, I have a, my son's turning 16 now. Mm-hmm. So he next year in grade 11, technically that's when you start applying. What do you right. think you're going to tell your children about what will yeah. they take away from college or university? Yeah. Well, yeah, we we're talking about this earlier. I mean, I think the world is changing and, and I think, uh, the, the, the case for going to university is, is starting to fall apart at the, at the edges at least, uh, you know, many factors for that but um and obviously we're biased being entrepreneurs that we are and 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 you know knowing how to sort of generate value and and build businesses without needing formal education but uh yeah i mean i i I just i I think the world is changing i think you can learn you know just a simple point of you can learn anything online you you can go to youtube and anything you want to learn about any subject in the history of the world is there on and you can learn it um, so if you if you have well, we had know, Chris Arun, my buddy, on there. Who's yeah, teaching full MBAs on a course. I, I forget what you buy it for, but this is a guy yeah, with like fifty bucks or something. Yeah, ton of experience. He's not just talking theory. He's yeah. run a hedge fund. He's been yep. in a Goldman Sachs. You know, so he's he's been through kind of the belly of the beast, and now he's teaching a course on what yep. you need to know in business for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, you know, and then, yeah, his, his entire MBA for a couple hundred bucks, and it's like hours and hours and hours of lessons and just amazing learnings from real life and business, you know. It'll be uh, interesting to see what happens at yours because I know with uh, my son at 16 and the, you know, the kind stigma of, is still the there, The stigma right? is still to go to college and university. Sure. Well, it's the, just, I'm trying to disassociate for my son the value of his ability to make money is independent of what he takes away from in university. Right. Because I was always thought or sold the bill of goods or I incorrectly assumed this, that you go to university and your life is set. Right. You will know how to make money. Right. So I want him to know there is going to be some value. Absolutely. Communication, written communication, oral, critical thinking, research. Mm-hmm. The, the, they will pull some value. I don't know if the value he's going to pull is going to uh, be correlated to the cost, but there is going to be some value. But um, but his ability to make money is completely independent yeah. of that. Well, it's, In, it's like your life, your terms, right? I mean, this is your whole thing. It's mm-hmm. like there's more to more to life than money. Uh, totally. You know, and it's like, you know, for some people, there, there's a lot of value in just going to university and, and going through that experience and accomplishing that thing and, and checking that off the list. Uh, yeah, that's, that's something cool. you want to do. But yeah, you got to you got to peel back the onion a bit and say, like, what? Like, ask yourself, like, why do you you know, I mean, it's hard because you're a kid and we're not kids anymore. And we're looking back. But 
you know, why do you want to go to university? What is it that you, why do you feel like you need to go to university? Um, you know, what, what are you passionate about? Um, for a lot of kids, I think they just, they don't know what they're passionate about. Totally. So in that and sense, who can blame them? maybe it does help to just go there and, and be in the, that world to sort of figure that part out. But, um, I just you know, wouldn't want to saddle any of them with a lot of debt. Yeah. Right. Well, then I just ju- pay for it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Locked into that one. This is the challenge. This is the challenge. This is what you got to figure out. Yeah. No, but it's the, the cost is insane. Like it's, you know, we like 20 years, 30 years ago, the cost versus today. It's yeah. And the value, I think insane. The, the cost, I don't right. even know how much does it cost now? Like uh, I, I well, graduated a, in like 2004 well, and it was like, is gonna we cost. used to say it was 10 grand a year. No. Yeah. So what is to, it now? So that was don't, for like, don't quote me on this, but tuition from some of my friends who have some kids starting to go into a university tuition at somewhere like a Western or something, if they're in a specialty program, it's going to be in between 10 and 15,000 just for tuition, just for tuition. Yeah. So then if you're going to be in residence, you're looking at another 10 or $15,000. So we're up to like 30,000, you know, if I'm taking 15 and 15, we're at like $30,000 Then you're going to buy some books and then you're going to buy maybe them a laptop or something like that. So you're, you're, you're 30 to 40, you're in the 30 to $40,000 after tax dollars. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You think about how much, how much money you have to earn to pay for a degree. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, yeah, if it's one twenty, you got to earn a quarter million bucks. And that's why we've been—we haven't released this yet, Andrew. But I think Nick was showing. We've done some just analysis on what is more valuable: getting a university education or buying uh, investment property. Right. And you know where right. is, where's that correlation? Yeah. You know where who wins if you go to university? Just purely on the financial. I'm not talking about the emotional stuff that. Yeah, you it's learn a simple. Or, we, the, 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 you know the argument was made in a vacuum, right? There's all sorts of other things, but it was just to take a look at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think we won't, cha- we won't reveal the secret answer just yet. But I, I think the challenge with it to me is like the cost has gone up, but the the I think as the cost has gone up, the value might have decreased because in the past right. you would Definitely. come out of university and your opportunity to get a job and maybe a little bit higher paying job was much greater than it is today because when we, we will post yeah. you know an entry level position and we will get hundreds of university grads applying for, right. for that role that isn't even in the, in their field. Right. So as costs gone up, value has gone down. And that's the challenge with it. Like when I went to, and then there's the stigma with college and I'm not saying college is any, you know, any better, but I just remember when I went to college, I always felt a little bit like I was like one level lower because I went right. to college. Yeah, university, university always carried a little bit of that but pedigree. I, yeah. I came out of school at that time, which was whatever, 15, 16, 7, I don't know, I'm old now, 100 years ago. And I was making more than the average university grad makes today. Mm-hmm. Right. So like it's just, it, it's just, there's just no correlation with well, increase in price. You know price, what, that's right? something I just want to discuss. You were making that because you went into IT at that time. I and did, that was yeah. a trending market. Just like the Toronto market for real estate is a trending market. You went into an industry niche that was trending. And I tell everybody this, that if you're going to leave school now and you're not sure what you want to do, at least go into a market in inside the economy that's trending upwards because there's going to be more money slushing around. The businesses will be growing. So within the business that you join, there will be new divisions launching and which means new opportunity for you. Don't just go into something because you took a degree in accounting. So you're going to have to be an accountant mm-hmm. or you took a degree in engineering. So you have to be an engineer. Look around the world and what do you think is going to be the future? And that's something we talk about with all the automation stuff, the AI stuff coming out, pharmaceutical stuff looks like it'll never go away but pick one of the industries that is going to trend and at least go in there because you're going to get paid more money and you're going to have more opportunity to advance which does in and of itself doesn't matter but you'll learn more because the company's growing yeah, yeah. No, i feel sense. very fortunate that i stumbled into the software industry mm-hmm. because these companies were growing i was making good money which allowed me to buy uh, rental properties yep um, but I was also able to learn a lot because they were growing, adding people, new divisions were launching, there was opportunity and they paid you a lot. Yeah. So don't go into a dying industry, you know, unless it's your absolute passion, something you love. But if you don't know your passion, at least go with the trends. Yeah, that's I don't know fair. if that makes sense, yeah. but that's no, kind of follow the, the money, right? Yeah. Follow the y- money. Yeah. Same in real estate. Uh, where to invest next, you know, follow the money, look where the, the investments are going, yeah. follow the money. If big investments are going into pharmaceuticals or other industries, then the jobs will follow. Totally. Yeah. 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 And like you said, there is more, you know, there's always more than money, but in our society today, you, there, you, there, you do need a, you know, there is a level of money that's needed to well, be able to kind of, well, let me ask you, you guys buy, this. You I mean, food and stuff, right? what, like, what do you, what do you hope for your kids? Like, do you secretly hope that your, your kid skips university and becomes an entrepreneur or, or works in the business or something no, like that? Good, like, yeah, that's what, a good question. I don't have that plan. I just want him to do what is in his heart. You know, if anything, mm-hmm. I just want to listen to what mm-hmm. you 
But it's hard to know when you're a kid. That's the test. Absolutely. It's hard to know. Absolutely. So then if his heart is telling him, Dad, I think I should go down this university, I'm going to support it. Sure. Right? Right. But ultimately, I want to. Do you talk to him about like. Is he, does he show interest in the entrepreneurial kind of Yeah, totally, because uh, he makes me understand everything to do with sneakers and buy sneakers for one price, and then he'll go list them on. He's flipping GD. sneakers? He's flipping sneakers. That's so, awesome. So yeah. uh, awesome. uh, we went yeah. to square one so outside Foot Locker, it. and he was holding this box of sneakers the first time he went to sell one. And I'm not going to, this was a couple of years ago now, so I didn't want to, you know, I'm not going to let him take the bus and go by himself. That's Oakville dad speaking, I guess. No, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I, I went I and drove friends, them to square. I have friends <laughs> that got laptops stolen from yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were yeah given totally. fake so boxes I'm like, you know, because someone's stuff. reaching out on Kijiji. I don't know who this no, person is. No, totally. Yeah, so yeah. I go in uh, with them to square one and I let him do all the things. Oh, so. you mean to do the deal? To do the oh, deal. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. To okay. do the deal. So right. the guy, he did it. You just yeah. stayed in the back. Yeah, and so some guy texts him and they've been going back and forth. With your arms crossed. Totally. I'm standing behind. Chest puffed out. And then he goes, Dad, the guy just told me I have to meet him in the parking garage. I'm like, absolutely not. We, he said, yeah. Foot Locker, we're meeting him outside Foot right. Locker. So he texts him yeah. back. This guy with a backpack shows up. Um, and I'm like, Aiden, I'm not going to touch anything. You you do the deal. So Aiden gave him the shoes and then he gives him some money, but he only gave him half the money. So then, and, and the guy was like, you wanted this much, right? And Aiden, my son was like, yeah, it was that much. He pulls out a bit more. He kind of nervously counts it. They they part ways and you can see like he was shaking, but I was just so proud. Oh, that's he amazing. Had, yeah, yeah, he had done that kind of thing. Now he's gone on to do it several times and he's meeting people right. at Dixie yeah. Mall and you never forget, yeah, that, that, your, that, first your first deal, your first transaction, yeah, yeah, yeah. that first moment where you created some value in the universe and you get paid for it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I you love it. Awesome. And it's you're awesome. dealing, you can get that spark. Oh yeah, totally. And I so, think. you know, he's read rich dad, poor dad and cash oh, flow. He's wow. reading the cash flow quadrant yeah. right now. So I at least want to present that type of information to him, right. but ultimately let him decide. I still but get I'm that. secretly guiding him and using my secret manipulation techniques by putting rich dad, poor dad stuff down right, in front yeah. of him. <laughs> you know, the fatherly manipulation. Just having your podcast playing <laughs> yeah, at yeah, home yeah, in the exactly. background. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I still get that. When I, when I signed a new lease with a tenant or something, I still get that feel. Like I'm driving home and, and I'm just, I'm, ha- I'm like, you know, I just feel like, it, like you know, the deal got done and just kind of yeah. putting the pieces together. I, don't know, I still moment. get that, that yeah, thing. Right. And it's never really subsided for me. It, it's, it's, you know, I, I like right. it. I mean, it's become more normal. But but there's still a, a, a some sort of you know elevation of emotion, some sort of elation that I get with it. Yeah, I'm sure you yeah. see that when you're working with new investors who w- rent out a condo. Yeah, and they must report yeah. back to well, you. Well, it's that moment where it goes from fear to uh, you know yeah, oh, elation. Crap, I got this done. Like I don't know if I can do yeah. this. I don't know if I can be an yeah. investor. I don't know if this makes sense to. I'm so glad I did this. Yeah. Andrew, and can you get me another ten right? condos yeah. right yeah. now? Why didn't you tell me to yeah. buy two? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Just yeah. back to the point of why it's important for our kids to make money because you have people like Andrew charging twelve hundred dollars a square foot for condos in Toronto. So we gotta. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, cool. Yeah. Thank you for doing this, Andrew. Really appreciate. It. We Great to be here. You. We dragged you down. We'll have to Great do to this. Be here. Yeah, we'll have to do this again. Can you let everyone know the name of your podcast sure. and where they can find? Yeah, it? I got a couple podcasts. Uh, you you can have find, a couple podcasts. I do. I'm on my oh second my. one now. So oh my god! I'm, I'm, out, of I'm out of touch. Gotta I'm out of touch. I'm out of touch. But how to take care of four kids and not lose your mind? Is that the second one? Yeah, that one's coming. That one's coming. Uh, truecondos.com truecondos.com and you can find everything about me and, and my podcast everything there cool and you do a great job on that website everything's broken down absolutely really nice. yeah. 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 yeah thank yeah. you thank you yeah awesome thanks Andrew Hey everyone, so hopefully you enjoyed that podcast. We ended the conversation talking about university and the value of it. There's something that we have happening where a bunch of um, members of, of Rockstar are going to bring their kids to. It's it's the Rockstar Entrepreneur Summit that we're doing on June 7th and 8th. Um, if you wanna get some of the leading edge marketing stuff, and you've never been exposed to this information before and you have a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit in you, um, we want to invite you to check that out. You can find the details for that event that we're hosting in June at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. So rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. We're really pumped to be doing this in Toronto. Nick and I have had to travel all around North America to pull this information over the last decade. Can't tell you how much time and money we've spent to do that. And now we're sharing the exact stuff that we've used to build this business so that hopefully you can use it yourself to build your own business as well. We believe the combination of real estate and business equity together is magical and really allows us to live life on your terms. So you can check all of that out at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. I want to thank Andrew again um, for coming on the podcast. That was a great chat. And 
Um, upcoming in the next couple ye- uh, weeks, we have a bunch of legal stuff we're going to be covering. So we have booked those. We have some uh, legal second suite coming your way as well. Some second suite information on how investors are doing that. So stay tuned. A lot of good information coming uh, on the Your Life, Your Terms show. Until next time, your life, your terms.